And as our, our kids are slipping out, one of the things that, that I have learned as a pastor is that, uh, just, just go with me, brother. Trust me on this one. Uh, one of the things I've learned as a pastor is that, uh, and as a, as a follower of Christ, is that uh, when there's no faith, nothing happens. Okay? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's what Scripture says. And one of the things that, that, that I have learned as, as a follower of Christ is that testimonies build faith. Last week, my faith was built immensely by just listening to my brothers and sisters who went on the trip with me and who just shared what God had done in their life and through their life. And this morning, I, uh, someone grabbed me and, and said, listen, let me tell you what God's done. And so I, I'm just going to ask Donna if she'll come up here and she's going to come while she's coming. This is Donna Duran. Many of you know Donna. Donna's been with us for a couple of years now. She's working on getting here. <laughs> but... uh I hadn't preached in two weeks now, sister, so you know, I'm struggling here a little bit, so <laughs> I'm, I'm on go, but, uh, but God's just been working in Donna's life, come on over here, God, God's been working in Donna's life for a while, and, and God just did something yesterday, okay, he just showed up and did something, and I'm going to let her, I'm going to hold it and you talk, okay? Okay, um, most of you know, um, I fight a lot of demons that I'm not worthy, um, I'm a terrible person. My past is, there's no way God's going to forgive me. Um, and I've fought this for a while, and he's tried so, Nelson has tried so hard to counsel me during it, and other family members here. Um, yesterday morning, before my, I lost my father-in-law the other day, and before his funeral yesterday morning, I was doing my prayers and devotionals. And scripture Romans. I was going to, I just couldn't reach. <laughs> Romans 8, 1 through 3 come out. And it was the devotional for yesterday. I don't have this memorized, so. And I've read this scripture many times, and it's never hit me. It's Romans 8, 1 through 3. Therefore, there. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free. Set me free from the laws of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a simple offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man. That scripture, um, all of a sudden, everything in my life changed. A fire went through me like I've never felt. <laughs> I've heard other people talk about that burning bush awakening moment, and I felt like my whole body was just under electric. 
And I finally felt God engulf me with his love. (laughs) For the first time, I actually felt worthy of being forgiven from God and worthy of his love and his protection. I'm shouting from the top of my lungs. My husband's like, what is wrong? And (laughs) God touched me in a way that my faith just bowled out of my heart. It just exploded. And I actually trust today, and I haven't had trust in a while. God led me to come up here. I didn't want to come up here. I don't like speaking. But I want to tell y'all what he done. And what he gave me yesterday was such a blessing. And it was such a gift. It was such a precious gift. And if that wasn't for you guys, Pastor Nelson, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have read that yesterday. It wouldn't have went off in my head like a light bulb. God wouldn't have slapped me in the head and said, do you get it now? (laughs) We are set free. And I finally feel that freedom. Thank you all for being my family. Thank you. I could probably just... We can sing just as I am now and go to the house. Okay. And before it's over, you'll probably wish we had. But uh, I just, I love it. I love it. I mean, that builds faith in me. That encourages me. Uh, that, that, that tells me that, Nelson, no matter how deep you get in it and how black it looks, hey, God's still there. He's working. He's working in folks that you know. He's working in people that you love. He's working in our church. Okay. And I just, I appreciate, I, I, I know Donna, and I'm telling you, if that wasn't God, she wouldn't have come up here. I couldn't have drug her up here, okay? I know her. And, and it, what she just shared is, is really, probably sums up kind of what I'm going to share today and, and preach on. We, we, last couple of weeks, we've been in some other places. Last week, we were, uh, we shared our mission trip report and the testimonies, and the week before, uh, my buddy Rob spoke, and, and I know you guys enjoyed him. Prior to us leaving, we're, we were in a series called Just Give Me Jesus. And we've talked about Jesus being God. We've talked about Him being man. We've talked about Him being Lord. Today, we want to talk about Him as being Savior. Okay? I want you to hear me. Okay? When Jesus saves us, He saves us. Okay? But He is also in the process of saving us. There's, there's a process called sanctification that, that's ongoing. And in that process, He's saving us. We have this, we, we, we've, especially in the South, we've, we've turned saved into a, a, a little tiny small, it's not a small thing, but it's, you know, it's new life in Christ. It's that, it's that moment when we, when we go from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But salvation is, is so much bigger. It's so much bigger. And so today... I just want to share with you a, a little bit about Jesus as Savior. What Donna shared is, 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 is the process 
that she's going through now that God's saving her. He, he's setting her free in areas of her life. He, the, the fact is he's doing that in all of us. Okay? He's doing that in me. Day by day, he's setting me free from, from wrong thought patterns and, and bad behavior and things that, that I learned as a child and, and, and lies I've believed and all those kind of things. And so the process of salvation is, I mean, we are saved. We are being saved. And guess what? Scripture says we will be saved. Jesus will return and he will bring full salvation to this old broken body, this body that's, that's passing away. 27 years ago, there was a young mother. Her name was Reba McClure. And she had just slipped inside her sister-in-law's home for just a moment. The phone was ringing. And she slipped in the house to answer the phone. Then she, she hurried back out and she found that her little daughter, Jessica, had disappeared. Some of y'all remember baby Jessica. Okay? Baby Jessica had fallen through an eight-inch hole in the ground. Eight inches, okay? And she disappeared. I mean, it wasn't like she just slipped and went down in it. She was, she was gone. But her mother is just frantic. She's looking around. She can't find her baby. I mean, she's, the baby has vanished. And we know now from, from all the, the news reports that baby Jessica fell into an, an eight-inch opening of an old well, and she fell 22 feet or slid down the shaft. Now, she's 18 months old, basically. She can't climb out. And I can't imagine being her mama. Because her mama can't, she can't, you can't drop a rope to her and pull her out. She's, she's just there. She needed a savior. She needed somebody to help her. And many of you remember this, uh, this drama and this dramatic rescue as it kind of played out on TV for 59 hours. You remember uh, there was a rescue team and they brought in what's called a, a rat hole rig. It's a drilling uh, uh, contraption that they used to put up telephone poles with. And they would dig holes and it would plant the, 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 the telephone poles. Well, they pulled that in there and they dug a, another chute 29 feet deep parallel to it and then they they dug a, 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 a an angle shaft over and they rescued little Jessica and she was rescued she was saved and today she's a healthy young woman she's a mother herself how'd that happen well a group of men and women refused to give up and they saved her they, and in essence they became her savior now if you can imagine and, and I can't I've, I've tried to do this, but if you can imagine a child stuck in a shaft 22 feet below the surface of the ground, they're totally unable to get out, they can't save themselves, then you can imagine what helpless and hopeless is like. Every person in this room is or was just as helpless as Jessica. Every one of us have been there, or perhaps you're still there. All of us at one time were lost, and some of us may still be. And that word lost, it just means to simply be without hope and without the ability to save yourself. In essence, to pay for your sins. Like little Jessica, every one of us need a Savior. Every one of us need a Savior. On our own, 
through our own strength, we can't save ourselves. We all need a, someone who can, and not just who can, okay? There were other people that day who could have helped, but didn't, okay? So we don't need just someone who can, but we need someone who will. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus came. He, he's God, okay? He's also man. He's also Lord. But folks, He is Savior. And, and the moment Adam and Eve tasted the fruit, the poison of sin killed their spirit. And by that, I mean it rendered their spirit unable to hear God any longer. They were deaf to the voice of God. And so they listened to their own voice. But it, it, it killed their spirit. It, it, it damned their souls to hell. And folks, it polluted their physical bodies with, with disease and sickness and eventual death. And that's what it's like to be helpless and hopeless. That's what it looks like. And on their own and on our own, with all the strength we can muster, with all the power we have, with all the education we can get, with all the help from the government, we still can't do anything about that. We can't change that. Because humanity, apart from God, has no hope. Okay? Nothing. They, Adam and Eve, everybody who's lived since them, and we all need a Savior. John 3.16 puts it this way. For God so loved the world. I want, I want to get per, I personal because very often in verses like this, I, I, when I read them for myself, I, I, I read, I say, for God so loved the world. Well, who's the world? Well, I am. In other words, God loved you and me. For God so loved you and me that He gave His only begotten Son that He who believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. God became flesh so that He could save us. That's what Luke 19.10 tells us. For the Son of God, for the Son of Man, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to look for us, to search us out. Just like He's, he's been searching Donna. And He's been working in her life. And He, he saved her uh, from the penalty of sin. He's been, he's been working to save her from the power of sin. And He's been working to deal with, with those wrong thoughts that the enemy had planted in her mind. He's been seeking. But He didn't just come seeking. He came to save. He came, when He found us, folks, He came to do something. The scripture says He came to save that which was lost. I, I thought about this. Jesus, in essence, tunneled His way from glory in heaven through the muck and the mire of the sin-cursed world to find us. He dug a, a tunnel to us. Every one of us. Every one of us were like that little girl trapped in that... Uh, uh, mind shaft. I, I don't know if, if you're claustrophobic. Some of you are, okay? For years and years and years, I worked in the plumbing trade. Many of you know that. Uh, had my own business for part of that. I've crawled under all kind of things, into all kind of things, and it never bothers me unless I touch on this side and this side. And when it touches on both sides, it feels like my body's swelling. And I can't breathe, <laughs> okay? Normally, I'm not claustrophobic, but if, if I, I don't like big crowds. I don't like to be in big crowds where we're pressed because 
I got, it, it just, so I, I, I can't even breathe when I think about being in a hole, okay, where you're just stuck. But folks, that's where we were. We were all stuck in that hell hole, okay? We had no hope. And Jesus came to be our Savior. And many of you will remember from our study on reclaiming biblical healing, the, the Greek word for Savior, and it, it comes from the word sotor, S-O-T-E-R. That's the Greek word. Soteriology is, is the study of salvation. But the word soter means Savior. It means healer. It means redeemer, deliverer, per, the one who, who, the preserver. I mean, I like to think about it as the life preserver. That's what the Savior is. But when we read Savior, most of us think save. Save means that, that uh, Jesus has come to live in my life. And that's, that's pretty much the only meaning that most of us have. And that's a wonderful meaning. That's just not the fullest meaning. Jesus came to save us, folks. He came to redeem us. He came to forgive us of our sins. But He also came to deliver us and deliver our souls from torment and from bondage. Do you realize that you can be saved, redeemed, and forgiven and still live a life filled with torment? Okay? It's not that Jesus died to give us a partial salvation. It's that we don't realize that there's more to salvation. And so we're only enjoying a partial bit of it. But Jesus also came to, to forgive and, and to redeem us from our sins. He came to deliver us. But as I've told you, and I believe this, I also think He came to heal our physical bodies. Because you see, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, when they chose to disobey God, sin didn't just attack their spirit. It grabbed hold of their soul and it began to destroy their body. And when Jesus died, He came to redeem all of that back. And so that's what a Savior is. Sin destroys body, soul, and spirit. If you read Romans 6.23, it begins like this. For the wages of sin is what? Death. Death where? Death in everything that we are. Everything that we touch. Everything that we know. It brings death. Death is cessation of life. Everything ceases to live. And ultimately that death overwhelms us emotionally, spiritually, and yes, eventually physically. Who sins? All of us. All of us. That's what Scripture says in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned. Here's a little line I learned in Bible College and Seminary. All means all, and that's all all means, okay? I, I, well, what does all mean? I mean, I've been in these theological discussions with, with greater minds than, than I have. Well, all means, no, all means all, okay? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you want to know what sin is, the latter part of this verse gives you the definition. It means to fall short of, uh, of God, the glory of God. It's the picture of shooting an arrow at a target and never being able to reach it. Failure, failure, failure. That's what sin is. It's the hole, folks, that all of us have been born into. And it's a hole without any escape except through the door that Jesus provides. There is no other hope. There is no other help other than Jesus. Jesus 
is called Savior in Scripture. And one of the things that, that I'm learning as I study Scripture is that when God reveals one of His names, it's not just a title He's taken on Himself. It's a, a description of who He is. It's, it's His essence. And, and God's name dictates His nature. and It dictates His essence. And the, and the name unveils and unwraps who God is. In Isaiah 43, and I'm going to read verse 11 and verse 13. This is what God says. He says, I, even I, am the Lord. And there is no Savior besides me. That's pretty straightforward. God says, I, even I, me. Hey folks, me. I'm the Lord. And there's no other Savior. There's no other Deliverer. There's no other Redeemer. There's no other Healer. There's no other Preserver but me. And then he says this in verse 13. Even from eternity, I am He. I'm Jehovah. And there's none who can deliver. That's the same word for salvation or for Savior. There's none who can deliver out of my hand. I act and who can reverse it. Folks, Jesus is not just the Savior or the elect. You say, well, that's why would you bring that up? Because there are those that believe, and, and I love, I, I, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what they, they believe, but there are some who would teach that Jesus only died for the elect. Okay? That's why I'm not a five-point Calvinist. I, just, I can't grasp that because there are verses like this one in John 4.42. This is what he says. That this one, this Jesus, is indeed the Savior of the, what's that last word? World. World. The Savior of the world. Jesus came to die for all of us. Okay? He didn't just pick out a handful of people to die for. The Scripture says that God so loved the world that He gave His Son. Jesus died for the world. He died for those who were elect and those who were non-elect. Okay? He died for all of us. He died for sinners, as Paul would say, of whom I am chief. Folks, God's saving love and grace, the essence of who He is, is displayed in the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God turned inside out. And Scripture calls Him Savior. It's evident if you study your Bible and you study the life and ministry of Jesus, that Jesus understood that purpose. He understood why He came. Because from, from His mouth came words like this in Matthew eighteen eleven. He said, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. In Luke's Gospel, He says this in Luke nineteen ten. He says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You remember when the, they, uh, Jesus and His disciples were, were on one of their circuits down to Jerusalem, were coming, or they were on their way, I think, and they were coming through Samaria, or they were going back through Samaria. I'm not sure which. But anyway, some, there was a group that would not receive Jesus in one of the towns. And James and John, they, they, they got a little upset. Jesus, they don't like you. They did ask permission, okay? They said, Lord, why don't you just let us call fire down on them? Now that sounds just noble, doesn't it? We've prayed stuff like that before. Come on, let's be honest. Lord, I wish you'd just toast them to a crisp. <laughs> Jesus never prayed that stuff. And he, he, he listened to his answer to him. He says, in Luke nine fifty six. he says, For the Son of Man... 
did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them, to redeem them, to forgive them, to heal them, to set them free. He came to save them. Jesus came to save us. You know why? Because we could not save ourselves. We were, every one of us, stuck in a pit, just like little Jessica, facing sure death. There's nobody in the human race, there's never been anybody in the human race who was born qualified to be a Savior. Somebody who could deliver us from the pit. Every one of us, every human being, Adam and Eve were born without sin. Okay? But they made a choice to sin. And when they chose to sin, their sin nature bloomed. And guess what? All of us got a little bit of that bloom. Every human being has. And every one of us come with a sin nature. And because of Adam's sin, sin has been imputed to us. It's been given to us. In other words, we're sinners when we're born. You say, well, I don't like that. I don't either, but you want to argue with anybody, argue with God. It's just the way it is. We, we were born diseased, okay? We had that, if you want to put it in scientific terms, we had sinful DNA in us. We had cancer cells of sin in us. Ever, ever, how you want to, but it's there. And we can't get rid of them. We were diseased. We were riddled with sin and, and we're carriers of it. We infect one another we, because we all sin. Amen? We all mess up. We say stupid things. We think stupid things. We do stupid things. Anybody here done any, hadn't done anything stupid this morning? Just hang on. Just, just hang on. You probably will before you leave. But we, we do those things. And, and folks... We couldn't pay for it. We couldn't make the payment because the payment's too high. You see, to make the payment, every person who sins has to die. That's what Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20 says, the person who sins will die. In other words, you will pay for your sin. Every sin you will pay for. That's what Scripture teaches. All sin, all deserve death. We're all trapped in the same pit. The only problem is we can't Work our way out of the pit. I can't do enough to get out of the pit. As Donna put it so eloquently, I, I can't be good enough. Folks, there's nobody here who can be good enough to levitate out of that pit. We can't do enough. We can't be good enough. I, I often ask people that are convinced that, that somehow they can work themselves into heaven. I ask this question. I say, you know, if a person dies without Christ, where do they go? Hell. How long will they be in hell? Forever. The, the, for eternity. How long is eternity? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And you can keep adding evers to it as long as you want. Okay. I'm not a rocket scientist. All right. But if I got to stay somewhere forever, pay. so why would I try to work my way to heaven when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You see, we can't pay the debt. That's why people will be in hell forever. 
and ever and ever. It will take them forever. And they will still not have paid the debt. Folks, if we could pay our own sin debt, Jesus would not have had to come. And he would not have had to die for us. We're unable to pay the debt. You know the biggest reason we're unable to pay it? Because we're infected with it. A sacrifice based on what I read in, in the Old Testament. A sacrifice had to be unblemished. It had to be uh, uh, holy. It couldn't have any uh, deformment or, or un, uh, unsuitability in it or any blemishes. And, and sin makes us blemished. The only sacrifice God would accept is a perfect one. And folks, none of us could be that perfect sacrifice. And that sacrifice had to be a human being. You know why? Because a human being is the one who sinned. You say, well, what about those goats and those sheep and those calves and those bulls? Folks, all the sheep and goats and calves that were slain in the Old Testament never paid for one sin. They were like a credit card. How many of you got credit cards? You don't have to raise your hands. How many of you shop with your credit card? You don't have to raise your hand. Man, you flip that baby out, they run it through the machine, you got your stuff and you're gone. But at the end of the month, what comes? Your MasterCard bill. Your Visa bill. You open it up and you go... I mean, you don't think about it when you're doing this. Those sacrifices in the Old Testament were like credit card payments. The bill came to you one day. Somebody had to pay it. The scripture teaches us that Jesus did it. Hebrews 10.4 says something that very often we miss. It says, For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. God couldn't just wink at the sin. He couldn't just turn His head and say, Okay, I'll ignore that. He couldn't just say, Okay, Adam, Eve... You get it, do over. He couldn't do that. Because to have done that, folks, I, I, I hear people say, well, why didn't God just give them another chance? Because at that point, they would have made the same decision over and over and over, because thus you have us. God couldn't do that. Because to have done that would have, would have said that the plan He had laid out was flawed. And folks, God's plan was perfect. It wasn't flawed. A man had to die for those sins. But there was no man who existed who was sinless. Now, you talk about catch 22. That's catch 22. That's 22 feet down in the ground with no hope. That's, what, that's, that's the human predicament. The only way that sin could be paid for was for God to become one of us. For the Holy One to become us, become one of us. And Jesus, you've heard me teach this and preach this, so I'm not going to linger a long time here though. Uh, Jesus didn't just appear as His human. He didn't just put on skin for a little while. Folks, He became flesh. 
He became a part of that egg in Mary's womb. And he was born into the world just like every one of us were born. And he will forever wear his humanity. When he ascended into heaven, he didn't ascend as a, as a spirit, folks. He ascended bodily. Because the angel told the disciples, why do y'all stand gawking? This is my own translation, okay? Why do y'all stand with your mouths on the floor gawking, staring like you can't believe this? The same Jesus who went into heaven this way will again return. That's why we teach the bodily return of Jesus Christ. Folks, when we see Jesus... In all His glory. And after we've fallen on the floor and we've stayed there for thousands of years, I don't know, we will get up one day and we will look at Him. And you know what we'll see? We'll see those scars. They're there. They're not scars to remind Him they're trophies of victory. Okay? This is what I did. This is how I paid. And so folks, Jesus didn't just take on humanity for a short period. He became human. And he had to, okay? This is the thing that, 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 that we don't often uh, grasp. He had to become man. Because there was no hope for mankind. You see, the sin nature, that nature that every one of us have, is passed from father to child. Y'all have heard me teach on this. So I'm not going to spend a long time here. But the seed of man carries blood, which that's where the sin nature's at. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. That's why God would say to the, to the woman in the garden that uh, there was, there's going to be one from your seed who will crush his head and he will bruise his heel. Well, the woman doesn't have seed. And so what happens is the Son of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, was placed with the egg of Mary, and all of a sudden a man develops. A new species of human being. A species like before the sin. See, Jesus is called the last Adam because He perfectly matched, in a sense, the first Adam without sin. And what happens is, Jesus makes decisions. Adam made decisions that destroyed us. Jesus faced the same decisions, and he chose not to sin. Hey, you're hungry, turn that, in, turn that rock into bread. Hey, kneel down and worship me, and I give you everything. The same decisions. Folks, sin is passed from the father, not the mother. 1 Corinthians 15.22 says, For in Adam all die. But like I said, Jesus is a new species of man. He's born of a virgin. He's born without sin. His mother was Mary. But you know who his father was? God. God. The Savior had to become human to declare to all creation that what God had planned and purposed and put in motion and what would be done was true to God's glory. And because Jesus committed no sin, He could be the perfect sacrifice. You see, every one of us, for us to be the sacrifice, we can only die for our sin. 
The soul that sinneth will die. Okay? Jesus didn't sin. So therefore, He didn't have to die for His own sins. Therefore, He could die for our sins. I love what Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, I mean chapter 10, verse 8 through 10 says, and I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Christ said, you did, He's talking to His Father, you didn't want animal sacrifices or grain offerings or animals burned on the altar or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them. Though they are required by the law of Moses. And then he adds this, Lord, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to establish the second one. The first one was law. The second one's grace. And then he says this, and what God wants is for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Christ once for all. Apart from Jesus, folks, we don't have a deliverer. We have no deliverance. We have no Savior. Every other religion in this world encourages, it urges its followers, its adherents to do more. Work harder. I have folks that, that knock on my door on a regular occasion and they're from a, from a cult group and they're, out, they're working as hard as they can to make sure they get to heaven. So they're trying to reach heaven through their works. But the God of the Bible came down from heaven. And He did the work. Folks, we can't work harder. We, to sum it up in a, in, a, in a simple phrase, it's impossible to save ourselves. Jesus came from heaven and He did it through Himself because nothing is impossible for God. Jesus is our Savior. Bottom line. Folks, it's through His sacrifice, His substitution of His body for our body that we're saved. It's through His sinless blood that our sinfulness gets washed away. It's through His righteousness that we're made righteous. The sin of Adam was imputed, which is a legal term, meaning it was given to every one of us. And therefore, all of us are sinners. But to those whom Christ has called and chosen and sanctified by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God has been imputed to us. See, sometimes we take hold, I mean, we hammer that sin's been imputed to us. But the reality of it is, is, is if we know Christ, the righteous, we've been given the righteousness of God. We no longer have to work. We no longer have to measure up because Jesus measured up. God said, I'm satisfied with that. And so what happened is His righteousness was imputed to us. It was given to us. Folks, our sin is redeemed, it's forgiven, it's been taken away, and we've been made holy and righteous by the life and the death of Jesus Christ. As Donna read so eloquently from Romans 8, 1, Therefore, there is no condemnation. The word condemnation there means there is no longer any penalty for sin. Why? Because Jesus paid the penalty in full. When you pay off your house, or you pay off your car, or you pay off uh, your... I know nobody does this anymore, but when I was a kid, we would go to, to Penny's or to Sears, and we'd put stuff on layaway. And then we'd pay it down gradually. 
And when that last uh, dime was paid, they gave us our stuff. Okay? When Jesus died on the cross, the penalty was paid. Folks, we got all the stuff. We got His righteousness. Listen, Jesus wasn't just willing to die. He was willing to die for you. For you. For you. For you. For me. For me. He was willing to die for me. And folks, He died for me. And He died for you. He died for you. And He made the pavement to save us. But here's the question this morning. Are you willing to just accept that truth and receive what He did for you? Or do you somehow think it's not enough? Well, you don't know what I've done, Pastor. Nope, you don't know what I've done. It is either enough or it's not. And God said, it's enough. So therefore, whatever you have done or think you have done, Jesus has already paid for it. God sent us a Savior, folks. There's only one. His name is Jesus. I don't know where you're at this morning. I think, personally myself, I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe things just happen. I believe God orchestrates things. I believe God brought Donna this morning. I've known her for two years. I know her well enough to know she would have never in her wildest dreams come up here. I know that. And yet, God put something inside of her that said, I want you to do that. And she said, yes, Lord, I'll obey. Okay, because God wanted you to have an example and a testimony of what He was trying to say today. And I'll just be honest with you. I don't know where you are and how this works with you, but I get far more out of a living example than I do out of a talking head and a sermon. I'm I'm just being honest with you. You say, well, Nelson, you just killed your sermon. The sermon got preached before I preached it. I just explained it in theological terms this morning, okay? You see, you and I are the best sermon God has if we just let Him preach it to us. We just let Him preach it to us. But now, I don't know all the answers. You don't have to know all the answers. Here I was and here I am. This is who He is. That's pretty much it. Folks, Jesus is Savior. He's Savior if you need to deal with sin issues this morning. He's Savior if you're struggling with bondage this morning. And that's where most of the church is anyway. We're in bondage. So, well, but when Jesus says free, He said we were free indeed. Yes, we were. But when the, most of us have never stepped out of the pile of chains that surround us. And we're still living like we did before we got saved. In the same bondage. I'm not necessarily saying doing the same things, but we're living in the same bondage. You remember the children of Israel? 
When they came out of Egypt, they were no longer slaves. But they lived like slaves. They thought like slaves. And when they went into the promised land, they acted like slaves. And eventually, they were enslaved one more time. Why? Because their thought patterns never changed. And that's what happens to most of us in the church. Our thought patterns never change. We're in bondage. And maybe you're here today and there's a physical issue. You just need to give it to the Savior. You just need to, to leave it with Him. I don't know where Gerald and Eva are today, but I talked to Gerald this week. Many of you have been praying for him. He went to see his cancer doctor for his report. His doctor said, things are looking good. Now, doctors are cautious. He said, I want you to come back in three more months. But his numbers, he told me, were as low as he can ever remember them being. Okay? We just pray. We leave it in God's hands. He's the healer. He's the Savior. Here's the invitation this morning. Or the ministry time. Whatever we do here at the end of the service. Okay? The Savior is here. And He's saving whatever needs to... He's seeking and saving whatever is lost. Maybe you're here and there's a lost relationship that needs to be saved. Maybe you're here and there's issues in your mind that are lost and confused and turned upside down. And maybe you hear a voice that condemns and, and, and beats you down. Jesus is here to save that this morning. Maybe you're here and you're sick physically. Jesus is here to be the Savior this morning. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. You don't know Him. And you realize, you know what? I got a problem. I'm like baby Jessica. I'm stuck in the hole and there's no way out. Listen, you just open your heart up to Jesus. He'll reach down in that hole. He'll pull you out. It won't take a crowd. It'll just take a moment. He'll forgive you of your sin. And in a twinkling of an eye, in that same moment, He will give you His life. He will take your sin and He will give you His righteousness. That's the trade. As He takes, He gives. You say, well, that's just too easy. Well, folks, that's it. That's the only way it happens. If it were hard, none of us would have ever, we'd have never stumbled on it. God made it that easy. But it wasn't easy for him. He went to the cross for it. Folks, salvation is free, but it cost Jesus everything. It's free to us, but it cost Jesus everything. Listen, I don't know what God wants to do this morning. I believe He wants to do something. I don't know exactly what, but it has to do with saving. All right? Or He wouldn't have had me preach this message. He wouldn't have had Donna come testify to what took place in her life. Folks, He's given you, he's given you a proclamation and He's given you a demonstration. And that's exactly what Jesus did every time He preached. That's what Paul did when He preached. That's what the church has been called to do. You've heard it. You've seen it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, this morning. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.